Hey, what's going on, family? This is the real word. This is your boy, Pastor Santa. Come on, and, and, and I'm with my guy. What's up, y'all? This is your co-host, Ricard G. Noel. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting the movement. Shout out to everybody that's just been watching the show thus far. Um, this is the 21st episode. So we're on episode 21, which means we only got four more episodes left within the season. Before, basically, I guess you can say we go to season three. So shout out to everybody that's been watching, shout out to everybody that's been supporting, shout out to everybody that has um, subscribed to the YouTube channel, all the people that's been sharing, I hope you share it tonight. I'm sorry we're a little bit late, but we still here, the consistency is key. So what up, um, we got a special guest, introduce yourself sir. I'm uh, Dr. Pierre, Jack Pierre, uh, I'm a pastor. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, I'd like to congratulate you both for the work that you have been doing. Um, I thank you for um, sharing your platform with me in order to uh, uh, share and educate the, uh, on a very uh, important topic uh, that's very dear to my heart and um, also that I see that is very uh, important to our community that we talk about um, this topic. So it's good to be here. Congratulations for the work you've been doing and um, 20th uh, episode. 21st. 21st episode. So it's been great. You've been doing a great thing, educating the, the public and uh, bringing um, great information. So it's been a wonderful thing. I always enjoy it every, every Monday. So congratulations and thank you for the invite. Thank you, thank you. And you started with us from the very bottom. You was there when we was at the library. You was there yeah. when we was at Jeff's studio. And now you're here with us in the new studio. So what can you say about the growth since you've been here and been watching us grow to flourish and to the point where we're now incorporated, we're filing for the 501c3, and we're officially licensed by New York State. What do you think about that from well, where we started? I think this is wonderful because you came uh, with a game plan and um, to be able to move on and to be able to uh, 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 do great things. And um, so I've seen nothing but growth and consistency, So which is good because usually you know people that look like us don't have consistency in anything that they're doing. <laughs> and so but the fact that you have consistency and uh, I know through thick and thin, you and uh, Asuka Komo have been working together to uh, work hard and educate the public. So it's been a wonderful thing. So I like the growth from the uh, library and then uh, from the other place. And here it's a beautiful uh, uh, studio you have here. Thank and you, I you. know that uh, greater things are in store for you. So uh, much blessings to you both. Thank you, thank you. Shout out to Sanders, man. How you been, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I have no complaints. Um, we're going to talk about something um, after we talk to Pastor uh, Pierre with a big initiative that we're going to do mm -hmm. um, across the five boroughs, including Long Island. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just feeling blessed. I'm blessed. I'm honored to be working with you, sir. Um, my brother Ricard G. Noel. Likewise, my brother um, Dr. Pierre. I want to thank the Lord for you as well, too. You're an amazing individual. I want to give a shout out to a couple of people who's watching. I see Eric from Boston, from Massachusetts, always watching. Salute to you, my guy. Shout out to Eric, man. He always supports. He supports the show. He supports the ministry. He supports. Even my sermons I post, he's always in the groups, liking them, sharing them. So shout yeah. out to you, Eric. I'm going to give a shout out to his family, too, because um, his his uncle allowed me to speak for the North, the, uh, the, 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 the New England Conference when I was 25. I want to thank you guys for that. Your uncle also looked out for me in regards to speaking in Florida the first time. Pastor Ronald G. Baptiste, salute to you, my guy. Mm. God continue to bless your ministry. And like I said, man... You have two good preachers, so bring them to Mass. 
Dr. Pierre. Yeah. I've been there many times, so you know you gotta share the wealth. Dr. Pierre and 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 the future pastor um Ricard G. Noel. So definitely 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 um bring them out, man. Good, good speakers, you know. So I vouch for them one hundred percent. And shout out to C-Shot SDA Church. They showed me a lot of love this past Saturday. Um, shout out to White Plains. I'll be out there this Saturday to preach. Um, shout out to Marlo and iServe. They're having a, a huge convention out in Connecticut wow. in June. So look out for that. Shout out to everybody that's just doing their thing, man. Each one empower each other. Each one teach one. What was you about to say, Pastor Pierre? Um... Well, yes, I've seen the growth with uh, the number of people who are watching the program mm -hmm. and who are also sharing um, this information, which is good. So uh, that, it shows that uh, you're doing, you're bringing good information, you're educating the public, and people are enjoying and liking, liking what you're doing. So continue to do good work. So I'm, 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 I'm proud to be part of something um, so uh, successful, something so productive. Thank you, thank you. The crazy part is the same thing as Sanders always say. And it, it hasn't even been a year yet, right, Sanders? It hasn't been in a year, and we, and, and we just had, we had, and we really haven't even started. The thing is that, like I said, we we are incorporated. We thank God for that, for men of vision like um like both of you guys. Tell it to Judith as well too. And um like I said, you know, once we once we are not for profit, um which is going to happen, we can really um do some bigger things for the glory of the lord so i'm just excited about that tremendously you know so we're gonna we're gonna make this announcement as soon as um dr Pierre wants to share what's on his heart and everything like that yeah so today i want to share a very important topic that is uh sort of like a, a taboo in our community it's uh a depression among black youths mm. and uh it's it's a very uh, uh important topic because um we're losing our black youth uh in a high rate uh, because uh, they're depressed and we're going to talk about uh, some of the reason why they're depressed mm. and sometimes that leads into depression uh, some 30% uh, of our young people are, are dying as a matter of fact expert says that it's uh, from a study that was made and uh, that was done in 2012 it says it's the third leading um, cause of, um, of uh, death and suicide uh, of, of death among our black youths mm. and uh, so one of the things about our community the black community and especially the Haitian community is that we don't uh, believe that young people have issues uh, what our parents usually wow. they think the way they think is that once we uh, they provide you with food and shelter and you, so your thing is you shouldn't have any problem because if you, especially if you're not paying bills, you don't have any bills, you're a teenager, you're not paying bills, you're not working. So you're supposed to be going to school, have to make good grades and come home and, and, and be happy and have fun. So there, you shouldn't have any problems. But uh, what they don't understand, especially young people living in the 21st century uh, during um, uh, the technology age and, and social media age, our young people are having tremendous issues they're going through tremendous issues, and because of that, it has um, mm. affected them in so many ways. Wow. And so, and it leads to depression, and depression leads to suicide and a mm. whole lot of other different things. So, this is something we want to talk about today. So, we're gonna get deep into that. Absolutely. So, what's the first thing that you wanna you wanna tackle in regards to that? Well, we wanna talk. We wanna talk about uh, what are some uh, reasons why uh, young people are. are 
committing suicide or or being depressed because uh, it's it's uh, ecological, uh, which means that uh, it's uh, environmental. So the, the environment where the person lives uh, contributes to the person being um, being depressed uh, because uh, of peer pressure of you of the people that you meet every day, young people, especially on on social media and 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 and, and the pressure. That uh, young people have to deal with. When I was growing up in the in the 90s, at that time, social media was not um, so uh, popular, mm. and so because of that, we didn't have the, the pressure of looking at uh, uh, social media and seeing our friends and and cyberbullying. You know, a lot of young people, especially teenagers, uh, they are committing suicide because uh, and they are being depressed because their friends, their peers or bullying them on, 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 on social media. And so because of that, it's, it's causing a whole lot of issues. And uh, so it's cultural. Our culture and the music we listen to, believe it or not, cause us to be depressed. Uh, the, the, what we watch on television, what we watch on, on, um, on, uh, on social media, you know, the television, a lot of time we, we, we allow television to entertain our kids. We are not, parents are not entertaining their kids, parents are not talking to their kids. So it also has something to do with, uh, with family uh, because a lot of time young people are depressed because of so much, um, so much uh, abuse at home. So let's break this down, right? Mm -hmm. Abuse of family. Mm -hmm. um, especially within our culture, we know that a lot of things happen in the home behind closed doors that it's almost taboo to speak about. And we know, like, even within our community, a lot of SDA children, especially females, they're running away from home because of things that's going on in the home. And sometimes their parents are so strict that they feel constricted in the sense that they don't, they feel like they can't be themselves and they can't, like, they have no freedom. So, so that ends up pushing them away where they run off, you know? Absolutely. Because we had a discussion about this a few weeks ago where... In today's society, with everything being highly sexualized and everyone living that quote-unquote free life, it's kind of even harder to live a Christian life. And some women, they might feel that urge, same way how men feel that urge, and they don't know what to do with it. And they're like, okay, I want to be this good Christian. And I'm not saying that they're going to kill themselves over that, but let's say they make a mistake and then they're like, attacked for that mistake like over and over and over and over let's say they have a child out of wedlock and then they're shunned from the church they shunned from their parents home because some parents are extreme like that you get pregnant you get kicked out of my house and then that person ends up homeless and what happens in that situation now they're depressed you know Absolutely. and they have a child they're raising a the child by themselves they're depressed some 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 people are getting touched at home and they're depressed too some people feel like oh i just want to go out and party be a regular teen i gotta stay in the house i'm depressed too and some of these people that's depressed, they turn into drugs. And so the major reason why kids, as you said, uh, uh, young people are being depressed, the major reason is, is, is home. Because home is supposed to be the primary uh, socialize, socialization um, uh, 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 place where the kids are, uh, are learn how to socialize, learn how to uh, learn certain things about their characters, and building their characters and, 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 and building their self-esteem. And we find that the parents are not doing that. And one of the things that we, as you talked about is, uh, is the sexual abuse that's happening in our, in our culture that people don't talk about. And, and our young people are, are, are um, going through that. You know, I have counseled young people who are young boys who became 
uh, gay and, and, and homosexual because they said that when I find out, when I try to find out how you became gay, they said, oh, well, dad or uncle or, or brother or, or mm. cousin used to uh, molest them while they were growing up. And our girls as well, you know, daddy and uncle are sleeping with them or raping them. And a lot of time there's big cover up in the home. You know, a lot of time mom knows that dad is, is, is really nutty and, and, and he's a criminal. So, but you don't want to target it. You don't want to confront the situation. And our young people are dying. They are running away from home. And when they run away from home, sometimes they wind up in the system. Sometimes uh, they wind up uh, being um, uh, abducted on, on the streets and being killed for their body parts. Mm. And uh, sometimes they're lured to become uh, prostitutes. Mm. So we, we, we're losing our young people. Our young black people are very precious, especially our young girls. And, 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 the, the, and, and we, are, we are losing them. And, and um, the, 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 the percentage already low. We have lost so many of our young black men a lot of them are in jail, a lot of them being killed by the police, and then now, instead of home uh, uh, protecting these young people, and so they're, they're, they're living in toxic environment at home, yeah. uh, and, and brutal and, and uh, unproductive and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, environment at home, and environment that is, not, uh, uh, that is non-functional, there's no functionality, uh, no productivity going on, and so because of that, these kids are depressed because, you know, uh, one of the things I always, that baffles me, how can a man look at your little girl who's supposed to be your princess, whom you're supposed to treat as your princess, whom you're supposed to uh, uh, build her self-esteem so that she can grow up from a, from a little girl to become a princess and to one day become a queen to become a productive member of society. How can you see that little girl and then you feel aroused and you want to use her as your sexual object and to, to start sleeping with her? Why, wh how, what kind of man would do that? But even when I cannot, um, I cannot wrap my, um, my mind, my brain around so sorry, Pastor. it's happening in our, in our culture. So sorry, somebody asked you a question. Mm -hmm. so, somebody said, Moy says, Great points on how sexual abuse can, can contribute to homosexual behavior. But what does one do if they're in that situation and kicked out of the church? Well, uh, first of all, you know, that notion should not be, you know, you shouldn't kick a person out of the church if they're homosexual. And so, uh, so your job, our job is to love. And by loving the person is, and, and you're, helping the person to change their behavior so that they can come into understanding, they can have a, a, a moral campus, uh, and also they can have a sense of, uh, uh, um, how do you call that, uh, uh, they can have a, um, a sense of uh, consciousness and to understand right from wrong because uh, we got to understand even though the media uh, you know glorify homosexuality but our bible is clear that it is not something that god find pleasure in and, and uh, there was a time in the um in the uh, 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 encyclopedia for for um uh, mental health and they used to classify it as a mental health and it's, it's a mental health sometimes meet uh, sometimes linked with uh with with uh, uh, um, uh, demonic spirits because there is a spirit you know we don't want to tap into these things but it is because don't forget that we are as human beings we are uh, spiritual 
Before we had a human experience, we first had a spiritual experience. And the spirits that roam the earth right now. Absolutely. So we're all spiritual. So therefore, if God is not within you, so the, 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 the evil one can easily get into you. And mm. there is a particular demon called uh, pornea. That's where we find the word uh, pornography from. Mm. That uh, spirit is the one that caused people to feel a man because God created us so that a man should be wired when you see a, a female and you, you see Zeus was a bat, you know. You supposed to feel, you know, lacking key, lacking key. You're supposed to feel aroused and, you know, your, brow, you, your eyebrows should go up when you see a, a good looking female that actually, you know. But, you know, but that particular spirit can come into you and change it around. And but but understand, we all came from a pair of parents, a mother and a father. So if all of us become gay, so uh, the human population will stop. So it just does not make any sense. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, but when when we have people who are gay, when we have our kids who are supposedly gay, we should. Our job is not to kick them away and push them out of the church, push them out of the home. Our job is to love them. Our job is to help them to change. Yeah. Our job is to pray for them. Our job is to counsel them and plead with our Lord so that he can chastise that demon that changed uh, uh, their sexual orientation. Somebody asked a cool question. Moy said, what, is, what are the steps to win homosexuality from someone's life? What are some, what are the steps um, to ridding homosexuality from someone's life. How do you rid sexuality from someone's Hom life? Homosexual. How do you do that? Well, sexual, uh, homosexuality is, is uh, a lot of times a learned behavior, uh, believe it or not, because it is, it, it, a lot of times it's because someone had, um, had, uh, uh, had uh, tried it with that kid while the kid was growing up. And, and where we got that from? We got that from our slave masters because God didn't create us for, for, for all these nonsense. And they used to be the one who actually forced it upon us and that's how it becomes a, a, a thing in our community. And it's not even that high. Back but in Roman times, mm -hmm. like that's what they used to do. They used to have some, some something called a squire, which is like a sidekick basically. Mm -hmm. And basically that person would travel with them and the person that was having sex with the younger squire, usually like a young boy or a younger man, they would not consider themselves to be gay because they were giving, but the person that was receiving, that person was seen as less. But even sometimes in barbaric warfare, the Vikings and some other people, mm -hmm. they would rape the men that they defeated, like they would put in a booty. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's so where that term booty come from, like once, like said, the victor goes to spoils, Basically, the treasure, the gold, the women, and sometimes the men were the booty. Absolutely. So, so it's a learned behavior. So the same way we learn it, we can unlearn it. Mm. So the idea is counseling, prayer, and counseling, and 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 and, and uh, make sure you watch what the kid is 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 is, is why you you pay attention to what they're watching because now there are subliminal messages in the movies, even sometimes in the cartoons, mm. believe it or not, that you know, all um, uh, um, TV programs, that is why for TV programming, it was there to program you and program your mind to think differently from the way you're supposed to be thinking. 
differently from the right way you're supposed to be thinking. So the, the TV programs are there. They 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 were uh, um, uh, uh, strategically uh, programmed to change your mind from the right way to the wrong way. So in TV pro on TV programs you see things that shows you it's okay to be for the, the homosexual uh, behavior. It's a normal thing. And, and, and so you gotta watch what the kid is, is, is watching. You gotta pay attention to what they're watching. Pay attention to the, to the people that they associate themselves with. Mm. Because I said, a lot of times, a learned behavior. A lot of our young people who became gay, although we, be, we were talking about uh, 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 depression, but a lot of our young people who became gay, it's because um, it becomes a style now, because they, they have friends you know, a lot of girls became gay because they have friends who, who are gay, and then so they hang out with those friends. Speaking of that, right? Mm -hmm. There was this girl I went to high school with, and during high school, the, the whole three three years of high school, she was gay. Like, she had a girlfriend and everything. The other day, this girl got engaged, and she's pregnant now. So, shout out to her, because, like, I'm happy, like, she's engaged now. Her and her fiancé, they make a beautiful couple. They have a child on the way. It's a beautiful thing. Um... I think economics play a huge role in depression as well. Um, I, for example, I work at a shelter, right? Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of men that's homeless there. And because they can't provide for their children, like I was speaking to a guy today, he got seven children. He can't provide for any of them. He can't even afford a place to put them in. The only thing he can really afford right now is like maybe a room. Mm -hmm. And he can only afford that room with the help of government assistance. So imagine being a man that can't provide, that can't even house his own children, that can't feed himself or house himself, let alone his seven children. And you're sitting in there in the shelters more so like a prison, and you're, and, and, and all you got time to do is think. And Absolutely. economically you're beat up, mentally you're beat up, emotionally you're beat up. Um, there's no woman there in there to comfort you, so... You know, because women play a, a huge role in healing us as men, you know? Absolutely. All the time... You have what's called pillow talk with your wife, and mm -hmm. you like most men should have that relationship with their wife, where they could tell their wife their deepest, darkest, you know, secrets and their feelings, and could be vulnerable amongst each other, because that's where the love and the connection builds. So these men are sitting there alone, and maybe some men find enjoyment in other men there. So because the women is gone, and same thing with prisons. These people same same mind state in prison. Mm -hmm. So it's many things within the community that causes the stuff. Moise asked another question. I was about to say something. He said this is an interesting tr topic. This is an intriguing topic. I don't mean to go in, but this would be my last question. You can ask more questions, bro. He says, are there case studies on successful attempts to counsel a homosexual slash bisexual person back to a heterosexual lifestyle? There's been people that's been diverted. They 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 they, they call it diverted or diverted. Where some people, I just told them an example. The girl who was gay in high school for three years, and now she's about to get married and she's pregnant. Yeah, uh, Pastor Donnie McClurkin, he was he was gay, and uh, so it it starts first with the, with a level of consciousness. You, you because before you can receive counseling, you gotta first understand that there is a problem, and you gotta want treatment. You gotta want to change. So once you understand that there is a problem and uh, you want to change, and then therefore, yes, there is counseling for that. So it's, as I said before, it's a learned behavior, because God did not create us to, to do that, but it's a learned behavior, and then, uh, so if you understand that it's not right, and uh, you think that, that it's not, that's not in accordance 
with uh, the Word of God, with the, what God loves, and uh, so we want to change. And therefore, yes, it can be done, and it has been done. As I said before, Pastor Donnie McClurkin, he said all the time that he was once, uh, once, once gay, and uh, so he became a straight person because he, he, he um, had a, um, a level of consciousness, and uh, he understood that he had a problem, understood that that is who he was made as a man to be with a woman. Mm. So having uh, um, thoughts, uh, sexual thoughts, and finding a man uh, attractive, it was not the norm for him. It was not normal, so mm. he actually decided to seek counsel. Yes, and some people, some people, they engage in homosexual behavior due to their circumstance. Because, for example, some people they do gay for the stay when they're in jail, and they only gay for when they're in jail to either get protection or to take, or just to be there for pleasure. And then once they get out, they go back to a woman. Um, another example of of circumstantial. I knew a girl. Mm -hmm. She had three kids. Um, by I think three different fathers and then neither one of them were with her so all of a sudden she ended up going with she ended, she ended up dating a woman that dresses and behaves like a man but on the side she would still sleep with men so basically Moyes basically said I was asking for case studies that I could refer back to in order to show others um, well, there there are case st studies. We can we can um, we can uh, forward those information to you uh, later on to, to give you some some real numbers case studies. Yes. Well, you Google's your friend, and, though. And, uh, <laughs> Google is your friend. I agree. Yes. So, yes, but it, it it can be done and it has been done definitely. So let's go back to depression because we're spending too much time on. Absolutely. So so as I said before, um, family is very important. You mentioned that you know we talk about you, you mentioned grown men who are married and now because of uh, financial circumstances. Yes. Remember uh, in the uh, in uh, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, during the time during the recession when the uh, stock market uh, uh, crashed, and we saw a lot of uh, family men who actually were depressed because they lost a lot of money and uh, in the stock market and because of that they come home they kill their wives they kill their kids because now after a while they're losing their home they, they, they become homeless and they can't provide food and shelter for their parents for their kids and for their wife for the family uh, because you know our uh, God created us as men to be providers even though we live in a culture now where both where both men and women work and provide at home. So, but when a man feel like he cannot provide for his wife, he cannot be what God created him to be. So it has those instinct comes in. So and then, but but one of the things again that cause depression and and uh, even suicidal ideation is because there is an emptiness in there. Uh, there is a sense that something is missing because once that thing is missing, even when there are outside circumstances, because you were uh, well equipped within you can deal with outside uh, issues that's going on because something is missing within and that is why sometimes people look for it in different places as people look for it in pornography people look for it in drugs mm. and and and, and, um, and um, uh, alcohol and, and sexuality because there's something missing so once you have that connection with God mm. you know with God everything is possible wow. once Jesus feel that uh, emptiness that void then you can take on everything. Why? Because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is within you. 
God put that power within you and that power uh, it empowers you. Uh, that power uh, rejuvenates you, gives you the strength to go on to have internal peace even when there are uh, 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 outside uh, trials and tribulation, you still can deal with it. So that, that, that's not a reason to... So what about the people that don't know they have that power within them? That's no why a lot of these people, when, when outside circumstances come, there is nothing from within that can uh, protect them. So that, that, that spirit that gives you strength, that helps you to think rationally, you don't have that. So that is when the, the, the deep, the, the spiritual, the, the, the demonic spirits decide to come in and the first thing they tell you that you're unworthy uh, because depression lets you know that you're unworthy you feel that you cannot uh, you you feel a sense of helplessness mm -hmm. and hopelessness you still you feel so pessimistic that you can't do anything you feel guilty and unworthy and those are the 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 the, 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 um, the elements uh, that are uh, associated with um, uh, with uh, depression so you think you depression leads to um, promiscuity um, yes, it can lead to promiscuity because sometimes when you're depressed, especially young people now who are depressed because they because they've been abused sexually at home. Mm. Once you've been abused sexually at home, it opens the door for you to become uh, uh, very promiscuous. So, so sometimes in the church or even in the community, we bash our young girls because they sleep around, but we we don't know their stories. A lot of times, because they've been molested at home Come on, repeatedly See. and so that that is um, that is a behavior that is that that is um, um, indicative to a person who's been um, mm. who's been abused sexually once you're abused sexually it opens the door for you to become promiscuous now because you want to you want to feel it in order to numb that pain so basically you're saying that, that negative experience basically you're saying that no one they feel like no one loves them at home, so then they go out they looking for love. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you feel about that, Sanders? How do you feel about depression? Have you ever dealt with depression? Um, yes. Um, when my um, cousin died from liver cancer, um, that was something that really triggered a, a sad point in my life. And I feel like what really keeps me sane, you know, like I what said, you know. What the causes on you? Like, how did it affect you? Um, in regards to, um, just being very down, um, not being myself, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, you know? Because some people, when they're depressed, they either eat a lot or they don't eat at all. Some people stay oh, I didn't. in bed, it's hard for them to get up and do anything. Yeah, day. yeah, I know for a fact that I didn't, I just didn't want to get up. I know that for a fact in regards to when, um, my, my, my cousin passed away. But I think, like I said, for me, what really works best with depression is of course there is prayer um if you can't pray for yourself because mm -hmm. you know you're depressed mm -hmm. you don't have the energy you're strained you could ask a lot of people to pray for you mm -hmm. um also um therapy is very essential mm -hmm. um and um for me it's listening to music and giving back so when you you know things that you love mm -hmm. to you know don't make yourself idle you know what I'm saying? Don't be in a situation where you're by yourself, but you're constantly giving back. So the more that you know, I give back, the more I listen to music, prayer, and just getting involved positivity, that helps um, the depression. So that's pretty much that's that's what it is, and it's a process to get through. Uh, those are great coping mechanisms because uh, it's very important. But uh, one of the things we, we, we want to we want to do we we we, we need to understand that um, we uh, as parents not only we need to protect our young people. 
but we need to engage in healthy conversation with them. Mm -hmm. We need to conversate, we need to talk to our young people, we need to engage them because once we don't do that, it leaves room for, for depression and especially if they're going through uh, their little issues. So there are other issues that can take place. You know, sometimes our, our kids, uh, you know, our teenagers, sometimes they're going through peer pressures, they're, you know, they're, they're going through issues in, in, within their peers. Sometimes they're, uh, uh, they're being bullied uh, on the internet, being bullied in person in school. So once you don't talk to them, you don't find out what's going on, and sometimes when the, the, uh, you know, depression can, can, can overpower them, and also can lead to suicide and all these other things, and you know, we, it may be too late. And we're losing in the church, we're losing a, a lot of our young people who are dying because they're depressed and they're killing themselves. So this got to stop. We got to start talking about it. We got to start protecting our kids. We got to stop abusing them sexually, abusing them physically. We have to stop abusing them emotionally and and, and psychologically. We got to learn to protect our kids because they are special to us. They are precious. Have you ever dealt with depression, Pastor Pierre? Um, no. And so you said something that was very important because um, uh, depression. Now you can. Uh, being depressed after something happened, a major catastrophe in your life happened, and you're depressed for, for a short period of time, it's normal. Mm -hmm. So, but it's when it becomes extended, mm -hmm. uh, after beyond like two, three weeks, mm -hmm. then it, it starts becoming like a, a, a big depression. issue. Then it becomes, uh, it becomes chronic depression. It becomes and then you gotta take drugs, psychosis drugs. Absolutely. Right? So, but, but, but understand, um, depression is not really a, a mental issues like they try to diagnose this. Depression, a lot of time, it, it has to do with, with, uh, with uh, um, as I said before, with uh, um, issues that goes on in the environment, mm -hmm. in, in, your, in the nest where you grew up, in the home, because don't forget, we have a lot of our young black people who are growing up in single parent homes. And mom has to work two jobs to make ends meet, so there is no dad. So this kid coming home by themselves, and there is no there is no sense of direction. There is no sense of normalcy in the home. Uh, there is no father to show them love. And even though sometimes we have fathers in the home, they are present physically, but they're not there emotionally. Mm -hmm. I could attest to to, to that in a sense where I, I dealt with depression for a while. Um, different stages of depression. When I was younger, um, when I was younger, I used to deal with depression. I could say by, well, I used to party a lot. I used to party. I used to smoke. I used to drink. I remember I got into a, a car accident one time, and a friend, like he was going through his depression, and he crashed his car into another car, and you know from that car accident. I was injured badly, and then I, I, I was feeling sorry for myself for a while, and I was in pain, like physical pain, which caused mental pain, and then for a while I felt sorry for myself, and then even after that, like for a while, it transpired because, like the pain that I suffered from that accident, it stayed with me for a long, long time. Like I remember sometimes I couldn't stand, I couldn't stand on both feet for too long. I was or like one foot would start getting getting numb. I couldn't sit down for too long or my back would start to hurt. Um, if I sat too long it would hurt. If I stand too long it would hurt. I used to club a lot when when I would go to the club I couldn't stand up the whole night so I would have to sit on the couch. Like when it rained it would hurt. So like every time 
these things will happen, it would remind me of that day. So like maybe I had that post-traumatic stress, but it kept happening over and over and over and over and over again. And I remember I used to just take painkillers all the time to like not feel it. I was taking muscle relaxers and painkillers. Then when the painkillers stopped, like I stopped getting painkillers because I stopped taking them after a while because because they don't make me drowsy or they'll make me sleepy. It'll be hard to get up. And I feel like the only attribute to the depression, like I would see a therapist sometimes. I would go see her every Sunday for a few hours, but she wasn't the best therapist. She was more worried about my sex life than about my mental health. So like so basically, I would just smoke. I would smoke weed. And sometimes, like, I remember Drake had a song when he was like, I, I've been in the house with the curtains on. I don't know how long. I, I forgot how the words go. With it. But basically, he was saying that, like, his curtains have been closed. And he's been in the house for so long, he don't know if it's day or night. Because he's been in the house for so long. And that used to be me. Like, I used to wake up, smoke, go back to sleep, wake up, smoke, order Chinese food smoke again if a girl come over she'll come over we smoke together we did what we did order chinese food again smoke kick her out lay down smoke my homeboys come over we smoke they stay for a bit they leave then i'm there alone again with my thoughts depressed wake up smoke again and that would be my life like over and 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 over again and i felt like at one point like i didn't have much to live for like i remember like it was the other kid like like usually when you're going through something it's someone that's going through the same exact thing that you're going through it's just that sometimes you haven't met it used to be this kid at my church he used to sit outside all the time mm. and every time i go outside like i used to when i was young i used to leave church and i would go on the roof and i would just stand on the roof like sometimes mm. i thought about jumping sometimes i didn't but i would just stand on the roof and no one would know i'm on the roof because everybody else is inside our church church is going on and i'm standing on the roof of the church and no one knows and I used to just be there, and it was like, like a flimsy little gate, because there used to be a staircase to go up on top of the roof of the church. And I used to just be there. Like, I used to just stand there, and I used to just look down. And, like, every time I looked down, I don't know what I was going to do, but every time I looked down, I would see that kid. And I would go down and go talk to the kid. So it was almost like he saved me, and I saved him at the same time. And I would talk to him, I'm like, yo, what's wrong with you? And, I'm like, and then he'd be like, I'm depressed. And I'm like, you're depressed? And I'm like, I'm depressed. And he'd be like, how are you depressed? I said, what you mean, how I'm depressed? He's like, oh, you got, because you have two parents in the home. You live in this big house. You drive a nice car, this and that. Like, you always got girls around you. You're always in the club. You always dress nice. How are you depressed? That doesn't make sense. I'm like, what do you mean that doesn't make sense? I'm like, yo, like, at the end of the day, when, I, when I'm home alone, I take those clothes off. I'm sitting in a room by myself, and no one else is there. Like, how do you think I feel? And if I'm high, I'm alone with my thoughts and my mind just mm. is racing and my brain is sizzling and I'm just sitting there with my thoughts. Like, and that's when the devil plays in my head. Because, you know, the devil's, I don't mind the devil's playground. And I'm like, so what do you think? And I'm like, why are you depressed? And he was like, how? He was going through a situation with his parents and in his house. He was like almost the opposite of me. Like, you know, we lived in a big house. He lived in a small apartment with a bunch of family members. I have both parents in the house. He only had one parent in the house. Um, my parents always pushed me to go to school and finish college and everything else. His mother pushed him to stay in church, but he felt like she was forcing religion upon him, and his mother blamed him for everything that his father did. And his father, I don't know, his father was a playboy, I guess. So, like, all those things contribute to his depression. And then he felt like 
like his mom being overly religious and thinking that God was going to save them from everything that they was going through without them having to make changes in their own personal life. She, she forced that pressure on him. It made him leave the church to the point where he moved away and his mother barely sees him and he moves far away from his mother and his mother doesn't even know where he lives now. But when I spoke to him, he said that's how he found his peace, by getting away from the home and the people who is judging him and the things that he had to go through and him having to deal with the criticism and the verbal abuse because of someone else who was abusing his mother. He had to deal with the repercussions of that mm -hmm. and he was verbally abused. And she used spirituality to abuse him in a sense, you could say. Mm -hmm. So he, he had to just basically get away. Me, I got away basically by stop clubbing, stop drinking so much, stop smoking, focusing more on school. Like, I used to go to school full time, go to work part time. I mean, go to school full time and go to work full time. And I just started doing different things. And then eventually I got more involved in the church. I turned my life around. Now I got my family. and. You know, I got a sense of real happiness and joy. It's not like that fictitious stuff that I used to get in the club or on the streets. You know, it's different. Absolutely. So you, you're, you're certainly a blessing. And I thank God for you. You're certainly a blessing because, uh, you know, all these things that you went through, uh, there's a whole different components that you're talking about here that could have taken your life. You were depressed. You found yourself standing uh, on top of the roof looking down. So you could have easily jumped down. So I guess it's the grace of God that caused you not to jump. And you used to smoke a lot of weed. A lot of people die of overdose because when it comes to things like that, the more you want to numb the pain, the more uh, higher doses you want to take in order for you to get to that height you were uh, with, with the smoking and the. And I used to engage in, in sexual behavior a lot. And the thing is, when you're going through those things, you find people that's going through similar things. Yes. Like one of the girls I was dealing with at the time, she was going through sexual abuse at her home, so she found herself in multiple guys' homes. Another girl, her parents was going through a divorce. Her mother was cheating on her father, so her mother left the house, and her father was sad, and she was coming to my house, and we was hanging out. Another girl, she was in her house, and she could barely pay, and she was facing eviction. It, all these girls are going through all their trauma and we here in this room smoking and try to and like basically we're using drugs, alcohol and sex to like not think about what we're going through and I, and I know for a fact there's a lot of youth out there right now using food, sex, drugs and alcohol to numb that pain so they don't have to deal with the things of reality. Absolutely. Even, even, even opioids too. Opioids, yeah. Yeah, opioids too. I mean, opioids opioids like, is for the other people don't look that who don't look like us who had a lot of money they deal with opioid and for them opioid <laughs> they, they, they're looking they, they look upon them as victims not as criminals like us when when you know in the 80s and 90s when we were trying to cope with our issues by using drugs you know by using uh, weed and stuff of that nature for 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 uh, for five dollars worth of weed we get in 14 years uh, in jail but for them the government is pumping money to to, to rehabilitate them to create programs. And, and uh, to 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 uh, to help them medically and everywhere uh, every way possible. But us, we were criminals. But I understand that. But what I'm trying to say is that uh, uh, depression among our black youth is is real. So one of the things we need to uh, we need to do first of all, we need to have that old time religion where we uh, we are we understand that concept. Uh, we are each other's. Uh, we are our. You are your brother's keepers. So, which means that we need to learn to be nice to one another. 
there's no reason for the backbiting. There's no reason for you to talk bad about the others because of what he was wearing mm -hmm. and this and that. Because people sometimes may be going through issues. The best you can do is to be nice to someone because you don't know what they're going through. And sometimes they're at the tipping point and you coming and having your two cents and trying to be, uh, trying to, 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 trying to talk bad about the person can even push them to their limit and they go home, they commit suicide. So That's true. let's learn to be nice to one another. Stop the nonsense. We are each other's brothers. We got to learn to, uh, to love one another. We got to learn to protect one another. We got to learn to admonish one another. We have to learn to, uh, to, uh, to be uh, a support system for one another. Let's pray for another. Let's stop the talking. Let's stop the fighting. Let's stop the hating. Because you see the person is driving a nice car. You don't know how many sleepless nights the person has. Uh, the person had before before they can buy that car. Sometimes they can't even pay for it because they, they, they have depression because they can't pay for the car. But you're busy hating, busy talking about the person. So let's stop that nonsense. Let's let's be each other's keeper. When you're in an environment, let, let's say in a church or in a group, you see you don't see one of your fellows, one of your sisters. After a while, you need to reach out to them, give them a holler, find out what's going on with them. It's important because a person may be home depressed, going through something, and you're busy uh, talking, you're busy hating, you're not even seeing that the person is not there to, to see. Because maybe a phone call can help the person from that breaking point to, re to a point of rehabilitation. So let's learn to, to, to be each other's keeper. Let's learn to love one another. And let's learn to stop the abuse at home. If there is a young person out there that, uh, that is being abused physically, sexually, and, and, and psychologically and uh, verbally and, 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 and emotionally, you need to learn to talk to someone. Don't keep it by yourself. Don't keep it to yourself until it, it pushes you to that point where depression becomes suicidal. Please talk to someone. We are here for you. As you can see, these guys have dealt with these things and God has equipped them to be able to, 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 to help you. And this is what the real world is all about. We are not here to judge you. We are here to help you with your issues. And if it is greater for us, we'll, we'll link you with, uh, with professionals that deal with that. But certainly as a pastor, I've been trained to do counseling. And I've been trained to do marital counseling, family therapy. And I've dealt with a lot of these, uh, these stuff. And it is real out there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm being a whistleblower when it comes to that in order to help save our youth. Because not too long ago, I eulogized a young lady. And mm -hmm. that hurts me to see we are losing our young people because we're already fewer already. Yeah, of course. We're already very few. So we need to protect because we are endangered species. We need to learn to protect to keep what we have because mm -hmm. we're already very few. The cops are killing us. Most of our uh, most of our, our fellows and our young ladies are in jail. So they're being killed in uh, they're being killed killed uh, uh, in uh, uh, in wars. They're the first to go online to to be killed. So we need to protect what we have. We need to be each other's keepers. We need to stop killing one another on the streets. We need to stop hating and, and let's learn to love. Let's learn to protect. Uh, let's learn to, to, to appreciate and, and, and so we can we can save our young people. We have a few comments, Sanders. You want to do the honors? Um, Mar Marcia Lewis says night night to the panel just just tuning in. Um, Vivian T. No, say hi guys. Shout out to you guys. How you doing? Mm -hmm. um, Shamula. Salute to you as well too. Mm-hmm. Pretty much that's it. All right. 
So I'm um, saying this. What do you think is a good way that we could tackle depression within our communities right now? At this point? I think we need to have a lot of um, panel discussions. I think a lot of people need to. Um, a lot of panel discussions in our churches. A lot of adults needs to be honest. Mm -hmm. And 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 um, needs to be honest when it comes to their kids, because just the other day at Jerusalem when I was speaking, there was a mother. She told me, you know, her son needs mental um, support because he has mental issues. I feel like we, as a church, needs to really um, be transparent in a sense where, you know, we feel comfortable, you understand? Mm -hmm. To be like, hey, my brother, my son is dealing with depression. My brother is dealing with depression. My sister is dealing with depression. And we just put all the cars out there. We deal with the problems mm -hmm. and we come up with the solutions and we hold each other accountable. Absolutely. And if we do that, I think we can thrive and we can strive in all honesty. Yeah, I tip my hat to that mother who, who realized that her son needed help and who seek for help because in our community, a lot of mothers and parents, they don't do that. They think that the child is just be misbehaving because, you know, if you don't have no, they don't believe that young people have real issues that they go through that cause them to be depressed and even become suicidal until it's too late. But I'm, I'm glad that mother saw that. And then and another thing uh, is that um, uh, I was going to say something. Uh, it, this is very real. So when I, when I remember what I was going to say, very important, but it slipped my mind. Right? I was going to say basically, um, shout to Marlo, because Marlo has, Marlo is actually doing a convention in Connecticut where he talks about these things. And he brought that to light to me a few weeks ago about the high rate of suicide that's going on within our churches and the high amount of mental disability. He was, telling, he was giving me a lot of testimonies about a lot of different youth that he assisted in regards to those things. And he was saying that like, there's not that much people that these, these, these young kids could actually t talk to or turn to who could help them within these situations. I think that's the sad part. When you're basically going through something difficult and there's no one there to help there's you. There's no, nowhere to turn. There's no support system. And uh, sometimes it is hard to talk to a parent. Sometimes mm -hmm. you want to talk to a mom or a dad and, or a sister or a brother, but you don't want them to judge you and you don't want what you're saying to go to the wrong person. So therefore, like, you just keep it in or you talk to, like, a third-party person or someone on the outside or sometimes you don't say anything at all. Like that kid I was talking about, like he used to sit outside by himself and no one really noticed, you know? Yeah. And just like me, I stand on the roof and no one really noticed. Like I used to just walk around alone and I was a loner for a long time. Like even sometimes I could be in a room full of people and still feel alone. Like and everybody's thinking that I'm happy, everyone's looking at me and oh my God. I, I, I be feeling alone, I be feeling sad because the majority of the time, most of the people, when there's a lot of people surround me, half the people like 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 they they giving fake love like they don't really care about you or love you or or what would they don't really care that's like they crazy. really don't care a, a, a lot of them low-key don't even like you, you know what's so crazy that's the reason why i was talking to, about this about dr martin especially with the young man um who 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 died from gun violence mm -hmm. he said that a lot of pastors really don't care all they care about their quota and they care about um, the number of they, 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 they checks and stuff like that, but they don't really care. And I feel like we should care because at the end of the day, the young people is the church of now. Mm -hmm. 
So it's very important that, that we do care. Absolutely, and this is what I was about to say. You know, as a pastor, I'm glad you, you, you the person said that because as a pastor, I care about these things. And when I go to preach uh, at a church to young people, I always love to do a, 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 a roundtable discussion, a, uh, a seminar. We talk about some of those real issues that's going on. We talk about the, 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 the financial dispar disparities in our, in our community. We talk about uh, uh, how we can empower young people so that they can, be, they, they can go to school because you know, the high school rate uh, dropout is, is very high in our community. So we talk about those real issues that's going on in our community. I educate my young people. I help them to become better because uh, if we don't do it, nobody will because uh, we're living in a system that was made to destroy our people, our young black men. And we need people, we need leaders in the community who's gonna understand, who are going to understand that okay. and who's gonna um, take responsibility to teach, takes responsibility to coach. And another thing I always uh, admonish, admonish the men to do is to, if you're a good father out there, you need to mentor another kid in your church, in your community that is growing up without a father. You need to mentor them because a lot of times it's because these young people are growing up without real leadership, okay. real model, no real men that teach them to teach them how to become a man and to, 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 to shape their minds, shape their, 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 their uh, personalities. And, and, and so they feel so lonely, they feel so they feel so uh, lonely, they feel so empty, they feel so uh, 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 worthless. And when we begin to put worth in them, when you make, mm. make, make, begin to let them know that they were, they were made by the Most High God, they were fearfully and wonderfully made, they begin to have a sense of worth. Our young people are depressed, they're killing themselves, they're walking ar around trying to find the best way to kill them because they have no sense of worth. Mm. No one has ever put their arms around them to say, son, I love you. Young lady, I love you. You're important. You're good. You're, you're, you're a princess. You're beautiful. You're this. You're that. We don't do that in our community. Even, uh, even the parents don't do that in the black community. I know it has a lot of things to do with our past, where we came from, the way you know, the, 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 uh, the colonists have destroyed us, and so we don't have that sense of emotional investment. We don't do that emotional investment to our youths. Because of that, they are depressed. They are in drugs. They are taking drugs because they're trying to numb it. They become promiscuous because of these things. Because our girls are becoming so promiscuous because their dad at home have no time to tell them they love them. The first time they try to do that, they're trying to molest them. What, how, why can we be loving dad who's gonna love our kids, who's gonna uh, uh, put our arms on our girls without having to have that sexual perversity in our minds? Mm. Let's protect our girls. Let's love them, but not abuse them sexually. So, um, I guess we could do closing thoughts, I just want to just say this, um, I was basically, I made a charge this past Sabbath, and I told all the young men to stand up, I told all the young men to stand up, I said, remember, you guys are kings, stand up, if you know you were king, stand up, stand up because knowing that you're not appreciated, you're not valued, but know that in God you are valued and just you appreciate it. And I said to them also too, you as a king, you have a responsibility to protect all your queens. Because the black woman is the most unappreciated, devalued, abused, and used 
and violated. And I'm telling you, that right there esteemed the brothers and esteemed the sisters. After church, young sisters calling me king. I'm calling them queen. Brothers are calling each other kings. I think we just need to continue to empower our people and let them know, listen, you're valued. You're appreciated. Don't devalue yourself. Pretty much that's what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a black man, I go home every day. I empower my wife to become the best professional she can be, to become the best mother she can be, to become the best uh, wife she can be, and, 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 and to, to, to reach for the stars. And I empower my girls to become, uh, to, to, to grow up, to become the most uh, beautiful princess that can ever live, so that and prepare them so that one day they can become uh, a queen. To someone, and 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 then so the gentleman that's gonna come at my door for my girls, you have to be well prepared because I'm preparing my girls to understand that they are queens. So if you're not a king, if you're not behaving like a king, pull up your pants, walk like a king, king, have your head up high like a king, and go to school, get a degree, get a job, have a sense of purpose like a king. You know what I'm saying? So we teach our black men those things and some of the things we need to understand is that these are you parents out there and you uh, church leaders and, 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 and people at home. These are the, some of the uh, signs of, of depression you got to look for in your kid, in your young people. When you see these things, these are whistleblowers. You need to start doing something before it's too late. When you see feeling of hopelessness in our young people, you see feeling of uh, pessimism. Uh, that's 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 a sign of 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 of, uh, of um, depression. When you see feelings of guilt, they're always guilty about something, guilty about things that they, that that they, that out that's out of their control that they, they didn't even do. They they feel guilty for it. A sense of worthlessness, uh, a sense of uh, uh, helplessness that they feel that there are issues going on around them. They cannot help others and help themselves. They're being abused at home. They're being abused by their friends and peer pressure and uh, and, uh, and um, sexual abuse and uh, um, how you call that, uh, uh, cyber bullying and they cannot help themselves and help others. And a sense of uh, uh, decreased energy in our young people. A young person does not have any decreased energy, a sense of fatigue. And if you're always fatigued and you have a sense of slowdown, you don't have no urge to do anything. And when you feel a sense of difficulty to concentrate or to remember things or making decisions, when you have a, a difficulty sleeping at night, or if, when you finally fall asleep late and you wake up early, or you have you have or you oversleep, you're oversleeping a lot. You have a decreased appetite. Or sometimes you know your appetite increase, and you have a weight change. If you're a person that's supposed that always have a steady weight, and suddenly you see you're gaining weight, it could be depression, or you're losing weight, could be depression. Depression, a thought of death and suicide, and even attempts of suicide, uh, restlessness, uh, uh, irritability. All these things, those are signs of depression. When you see those signs, please. Talk to someone, seek for help, get counseling for these young people, bring them to our attention, and we'll do our best and or, or link them to a professional so that we can save our youth. Because we love them, they're important to us, they're important to the kingdom of God, and they're important to this community because they are, these are queens and kings. These are doctors, lawyers, pastors, teachers, nurses. We need to protect them. They are an endangered species, and they are precious to God and to us. Amen, amen. So my closing thought basically is just don't be too proud to ask for help. 
You see, I, I was vulnerable to you on the show. I spoke about some things I probably didn't say, some things I have said. Um, so I think the first step is to have the conversation. Second step is to admit. And third step is to get help. And fourth step is recovery. So keep God. Like, prayer does help a lot. You know, God is with us all the time, even sometimes when we feel like he's not. But God's always here for us, you know. Um, and if you understand love, then you would understand compassion, you would understand sacrifice, and you would understand the world around you. Um, John 3.16, simple, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, his son didn't come to condemn us, his son came to save us. And whoever so believed in his son is already saved, but those that are not is already lost. So I think a lot of us, we don't know God, so we don't know love, and we don't know compassion and sacrifice, and so we're walking among the earth lost. So I urge you all to find yourselves and to find a God that lives within you. Um, so that's our show for today. I thank my co-host, Sander Camo. I thank um, Pastor Pierre for coming through today. Shout out to everybody that was watching today. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. If you want to um, subscribe to the YouTube, www youtube.com backslash c for channel backslash the real word tv that's www.youtube backslash c for channel backslash the real word tv you could go donate on www.gofundme.com backslash the real word um you we're starting the diaper drive again yeah definitely we want to um ask you guys to um anybody who wants to help us we we want to give at least sixty thousand boxes ten thousand each every size so those who want to participate, please let us know. We're going to start with Brooklyn first, then after that we're going to work towards the rest. So for those who want to participate, let's make it happen. Let's get it. And for those that don't know, last year we gave away 2,000 diapers, 3,000 wipes. Shout out to everybody that donated. Shout out to everybody that came through. So that's what we're doing today. Um, we close out with a prayer real quick. When you guys want to pray. Father God, we say thank you for your grace. We say thank you for your love and your mercy. We say thank you, Lord, for your awareness to really bring this topic that is really taboo. Father God, we can't be silent anymore. Our young people are dying from gang activity. Our young people are dying from prostitution. Our young people are dying from depression and low self-esteem. God, bring awareness so we can have recovery. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So shout out to everybody for supporting the real word and we see you guys next week. Good night, people. Take care. Mm -hmm.